0: podcasts there are a million of them and they're all amazing what the hell you are now listening to the sounds of soul radio hosted by dan carlin this week the wheels are definitely in motion we're talking working for rude jude the evolution of talk radio fight training and a frail presidential candidate it's not as bad as you're making it sound it's an all-new episode of soul radio what up, though? It's your boy, Rude Jude, using the Soul Media with Dan. He's going to talk to the chin. John Z. Matthews, my producer. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Let's go. You sound great. You sound great. Is this, um... I was going to ask, is this your setup for when you're doing uh, the All Out show? But you're back in the serious studio now, right? Right, yeah.
1: Uh, over my left shoulder... They shipped out a bunch of gear that I need to set up, and then they want me to start doing, doing it from here, but I'm a little uh, – I've been slow walking that.
0: I hear uh, that. Yeah, you know. shit is um, – I'm in Chicago, and we're kind of like creeping our way back to stage three okay. or phase I'm, three. And wh- where where is California at right now? I'm sure we're the
1: worst. Uh, I mean, it, it depends on the county, but here in L.A., we're, we're at the bottom of
0: the barrel. I feel so. you. Yeah, I mean, everything's still closed and it's just no, nothing's really changed. So. Absolutely. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have John Matthews, possibly best known as John LeChin from the All Out Show, uh, Shade 45, uh, 3 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, Monday through Friday. Uh, you, but, uh, you know, prior to that, you know, you're, you're possibly best known publicly for you know, your odd couple personality against uh, Jude. Okay, but you have a pretty extensive history and background, and that's what I want to get into first. Uh, where did you start, and how did it lead you to where you are now? Where did I start uh, in terms of radio? In terms of radio, yeah. Okay. Like what got you? What got you interested?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I think like like many people uh, my age who. Who found themselves in radio uh i mean i listened to howard stern growing up quite a bit and i thought that universe that he created was just fantastic uh, i mean it's just unmatched uh i mean people say various things about him but honestly that was just the best radio show i've ever heard in my life uh, it was so complicated you know when people have these podcasts now they just show up and just start talking for three hours that was sure. not what was going on with Howard Stern. There was so much writing. There were so many characters. It, there was, it was so complex and so funny. And I just thought, okay, that that is good. Uh, and then eventually, like many people who really go for it, uh, I, I started in college and had some silly show. And then out of college, moved out here to LA, and then uh, found myself over at KPFK which is kind of a strange place, Pacifica Radio. Uh, look it up if you want to see what's going on is over there. Is that like an FM station
0: out in California?
1: Yeah, it's a public radio station. Uh-huh. Um, and so eventually I found myself as their morning show producer and then did that for a bit and then decided it was time to get my own show. And, of course, yeah, they offered me something you know, like one day a week just to keep me around like the middle of the night. And I said, right. No. And then uh, up in Humboldt County, I'd sent tapes all over the country. I I, I sent tapes to Alaska, to Hawaii. Back then, I I would have gone. And back then, we were literally mailing cassettes around uh, because, well, I mean, it was a while ago. And uh, so then eventually Humboldt called, and they gave me uh, their morning show. And I went up there and did it on KSLG, K-Slug, as we called it. K-Slug. And uh, we were trying to be K-Rock down here in LA. So it was a modern rock station. And it was six hours a day, seven days a week. And I did that for quite some time. Wow. And then eventually moved down. Uh, well, I, by the way, I still have many great friends up there. And I, I'm grateful for the opportunity. But I became concerned that I was going to die in the middle of the forest up there. Uh, it, it's a beautiful place. I love it. Really, it's just gorgeous. But you know, it sort of ran its course and I came back down here to LA and then found myself working for Greg Fitzsimmons, the comedian. I was his producer for his uh, show on Howard 101 on Sirius oh, nice. X. Yeah, I remember Greg. Yeah. He's still around, by the way. Uh, Is but he? he's, uh, yeah, of course. Um, he's got uh, a podcast, Fitz Dog Radio. I was okay. uh, his okay. producer for that for about five years. And during all that time, uh, of course, I was in the building over at SiriusXM, and then people knew me, and this opportunity came up with Jude, and I applied for it and got it.
0: And Were you it. aware of the show prior to applying?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: I mean, he says I wasn't, but that's bullshit, and that's fine. That's I mean, right. you know, things are going to be fabricated for the sake of the show's narrative, and I think people don't realize that half the time, but uh, – I mean, he 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 maintains that's true, but uh, we tell different stories uh, regarding that that fact. So I mean, you have become quite the presence. Like well, a couple of years ago, when he uh, came to Chicago and did his hummingbird signing, mm-hmm. you know, he did it at this little like bookstore slash coffee shop in the Wicker Park area. He comes in, he sits down, he's like, "All right, let's get this out of the way now. If anyone has John questions, ask now." <laughs> Uh, and I was fun. like the one person to raise my hand. I was like, "Did he finally set up that fire stick for you?" Uh huh. Oh shoot! Wow, boy. And I
1: think I think recently I I told him I was going to do that. So, uh, it's coming, Jude. It's coming. And by the way, I, it is coming. It is coming. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing. It, I'm doing it for another listener too.
0: Um, Absolutely. You want to take care of him? Going back to what you said about Stern, I um. You know, it the the like scripted scripted narratives and radio, you know, were definitely groundbreaking on his part. I think definitely things hit a turning point for him in terms of being taken seriously after like after that 9-11 show where he was just like addressing it in real time, just as uh as just like a modern, like just as a citizen, a consumer. Just like, you know, he and Artie Lang and all of them were like trapped in the studio and they were like, all right, fuck it. Let's do this for 12 hours. Oh, wow. See,
1: at that point, I was already up in Humboldt dealing with it in my my own way up there on the air. Uh, so I, I hadn't, I, I mean, I heard about that, but I, I didn't listen. But I mean, that, that sounds perfect for, for what he was doing and what I admire about his show and people who do radio well. Uh, just be honest and and be real. You know, the people just show up and they're pukers and everything's like uh, high energy. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Just behave like a normal person, and people relate to that. And and that's what he did very well, and does very well to this day.
0: And I think that's part of Jude's appeal too. Is right. the fact that he like refuses all of those uh those archetypes that come with like drive time radio.
1: Oh, of course, no, absolutely, and and that's uh, he and I share that that mentality. So I. Uh, I mean, we we do plan certain things out, but by and large, what you hear on the air is just happening in real time. Uh, I mean, when I say plan things out, yeah, we're like, okay, let's do this today. But then we turn on the mics and then just go for it. And so, I mean, that, that to me is is good radio and and people respond to it. So,
0: so far so good. And, you know, I've, I've been, uh, I've been listening to the show for a good, like 12, 13 years at this point. Um, my first time was like Oh eight or oh nine, I was like selling Comcast cable door to door I had just gotten a car with like a serious trial and I'm like oh fuck Eminem has a station and I was one of those people who thought Jude was like a black dude for two months (laughs) I you know those those calls still come in to this day oh yeah I mean like I'm 33 so like the the Jenny Jones show was like a little before my time like a little bit and sure. so like, that's how I got to know him and then kind of like did the back catalog thing. But um, your growth on the show in the past, like four or five years is something I've always I've always found really interesting. Like you started as like this fish out of water. You like slowly, you know, gained the respect of the rest of the staff. You did that. Um, you did that boxing match with uh, with Chris. Right. Like, yeah, let, no. Let's stop there. How did that come to be?
1: Oh, I, I'm sure. I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I guarantee it involved me on the air saying something like, oh, I could beat the shit out of Chris or something like that. And then, which I, I knew I couldn't. Um, but uh, at, at the same time, from there, it just came, all right, well, let's, let's go fight. And then Jude had this idea that we were going to fight in the parking lot. And then that wasn't going to happen. And, of course, Jason Ellis, he does this thing, Ellis Mania. Uh, right. Another one's coming around, by the way. I'm, I'm lined up for that fight in a couple of weeks. When, uh, when is that, by the way? <sighs> oh, I don't know. Uh, I sent him a text yesterday, Jason, that is, and, and asked him what date. I think it's going to be
0: early November. So that's okay. coming up. Yeah. I was actually supposed to be the photographer for the first one. Oh really? And then I had uh I wound up having a death in the family and then oh, like either. calling Jude a couple days beforehand like yo dude I I can't make it out to Austin right now. And oh, he was super not understanding about it, but yeah, we were going to meet in person that weekend. Oh,
1: well, um, th- this one's a little more low key. We're, we're going to Lake Havasu and we're calling it to Fight Island. So uh-huh. I don't I don't really understand what's going to happen, but I I believe there's a pontoon boat of some sort and Ooh. some little islands that we can jump on or something. And I'm fighting this, this producer from the Michael Bisbing podcast or something. Uh, this
0: isn't the same dude you were doing rap
1: battles with, right? No, 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 That That's, that's, um, that's Jason's old producer. Okay. Uh, Andrew. Uh, but, and then, so to get back to how I got involved with that fight, we were talking about doing the parking lot, which I knew, raised several problems and you know being down for anything i said well we could do that but i'm sure sirius wouldn't like that very much and then it occurred to me well jason's got the fight so let's just go there and see if he's into it and he was so that was that awesome awesome yeah.
0: what um yeah i was just training yesterday oh i saw that on uh, on ig oh look at that look at that yeah um, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit is real. <laughs> have you changed your diet at any point, you know, for training for this particular match? Yeah, I have. Uh, I've been
1: working with a guy who uh, is giving me some good tips, Josh, and uh, he even has me on some gainer and some other recovery thing that, you know, these these weightlifter types uh take regularly so we'll see what happens uh yeah i I gotta put on some pounds but i mean the people i'm training
0: with now are real heavy hitters serious people who are are trying to help me so yeah people who clearly like know what they're doing and kind of know what to do with your weight class they are professionals far and away that's fucking awesome you know uh you know in uh, your time on the radio you've um and i've just experienced this at the same time just doing this podcast in the last few years you get to you know converse with people who like you follow and you have these questions for them anyway and now you have the uh opportunity to ask them was that a uh, was that a reason for being on the radio in the first place yes no absolutely uh, th- there's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, th- that
1: is one of the, the best things about the job, uh, that you can engage with the world in a way that you wouldn't otherwise be able to. You can call people up <clears throat> and then say, hey, I, I work for uh, Eminem's channel, Jude Angelini, he's got the show in the afternoon, you wanna come on? And then more often than not, they'll say sure. So otherwise, it would just be difficult to, these people wouldn't even take your email, but now that you had this opportunity, and I mean, it's not, it's not so much that I, I mean, it's just, it's great, I mean, because, what you can do is, depending on what we're doing, yes, we, we, we try to keep things kind of silly, but there are also authors and journalists and people who are doing things in the world. If they have something to say, we, we want to talk to them, and that's really the best part because you can always continue to learn. You can, you can, again, engage with the world in a way that you couldn't if you didn't have this job, and uh, some people don't take advantage of that. I, I just – I fucking love it.
0: Oh, just sorry, being around uh being around the culture a little bit more in the last four years has your appreciation for hip-hop in general grown
1: oh yes absolutely and you know when, when it comes to the newer music i i like that too and i'm exposed to some of the newer hip-hop that that we program because that's what we're doing we're playing the hits and stuff like that but also just being around jude and listening to seer and and who kid
0: oh seer's uh, great
1: yeah. And and uh, who else? I wonder. I mean, their depth of knowledge is so vast that, you know, if you just listen to them for uh, even a short amount of time, you're going to hear a song even from back in the day when I should have been listening and was to an extent, but I listened to like the more popular things back then. But they they play these, these gems that I just love. Wow. I mean, Break out my little phone and then try to figure
0: out what it is. And then- oh yeah, getting shazamming all the yep. the uh, the deep cuts <laughs> exactly. So yes, uh, my appreciation has grown, no doubt about it. Definitely, Yeah know, I do find myself listening to the show on demand half the time just so I don't have to like you know hear the music and just cuz like I'm getting old and I don't disparage people for liking what they like yeah. and I understand like this music is popular now for a reason but it's just like ugh. it it can get hard to listen to at times sure um i mean <sighs> And we're working in
1: radio is, 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 is weird in, in that regard. I mean, when, I, when I first started up north in, in Humboldt, again, it was a modern rock station, and I was on for six hours, and then suddenly songs you thought you liked, every day you're playing it like two or three times a day, and it's just, it's such a weird experience, because I mean, I'd come from that public radio world where, let's say, I was able to fill in at three in the morning on a Sunday, I could play whatever I wanted. And I was like, okay, I've got three hours. Here we go. Here, here are my favorite songs you'll probably like. I mean, right. it wasn't like that. I was, I was still trying to program new music, but it was just unique stuff. And I you know, start working for commercial radio, and it's just, wow, trying to sell that stuff is is harder than you, than you think.
0: Like, anyway, here's Mr. Brightside again. I hey, I hope you like Creed. Here it comes. And it, it was just so strange, man. You, so weird. You, hey, you know that song? Heya, here it is twenty times in a row. <laughs>
1: uh. <sighs> oh, stained. That was another one. By the way, if you like stained, you like Creed. They're they're wonderful oh, yeah. people. They're they're they great guys. I'm sure. But I just, again, it's just every day, three times a day. It's just
0: mind-boggling. But. You know, it's like you would assume that like, people would want variety, but uh, apparently they just want consistency, which I get well, the appeal to. Well,
1: here's the thing: so when when, when it comes to radio, everyone says, "Oh, uh, I hear that song all the time." Well, guess what? It works. Mm-hmm. If, pe- if people didn't listen, we wouldn't do that. That is just a fact. We are going for the largest possible audience uh, imaginable. And so the fact remains, when people turn on the radio, they want to hear their favorite song. And if they don't, they turn it. And there's so many other opportunities to listen to other music now
0: that, I mean, that's, that's the big secret. If it didn't work, we wouldn't do it. Yeah, like it's almost like you're backed into a corner just for the sake of listenership. Yeah, well,
1: yeah, yes. I mean, you're going for the biggest audience, and that's what gets it. So, And I know everyone's going to argue with me. Okay. That's great. I've heard it all before. And, 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 it's, and it's always the young people right out of college when they start working in radio. Like, oh, we shouldn't be doing this. All right. Da, 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 da. And then eventually, it's, it's not like we're brainwashing them. It's just the ratings
0: reflect reality. And right. that's where the audience is. Sorry. That's what's going on. Do you get the onslaught of like kids fresh out of college kind of interning at, Sir- at Sirius and like assuming they know the job better than you do?
1: Of course. I mean, not, not so much now. Uh, When I was up north, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Because they just come from their, their, their college radio job, and uh, they had it all figured out. And they figured oh well, we're gonna, we're gonna school these, these old guys and gals. Yeah, okay. Uh, and, and then the truth, well, I'm not getting too specific, but some stations I've worked for in the past, they have since adjusted their programming to reflect um, someone out of college radio. And I, and I listened to it and I was like, whoa, what's going on here? And then I, I pulled the playlist um, and passed it around to some of the programmers at SiriusXM. And I said, just give me your impression of this playlist. And I said, well, that's a specialty show. I said, no, it's not. Mm. That's their playlist. So, all right, we're getting too specific, but I mean- it's just, again, people want to hear the hits. That's a fact.
0: true true and it's it's like the same with live music and i i know like you know probably more veteran artists get frustrated with it too or they just like they want to do something to keep themselves engaged as well as the audience like you go to a smashing pumpkins show like you got to hear 1979 you don't want to hear some like deep cut off machina but billy corgan might get frustrated by having to play that for like the nine millionth time sure but he he brings it out because that gets the crowd going Fuck yeah, you yeah, know, melancholy and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, I haven't thought about them in forever. What the hell is I, he doing? I, now? I, uh, is he still wrestling or something? What's his name? I actually just did an uh, in print interview with him, my first one ever. He Billy well, on, okay, he and uh, his, uh, his uh, partner, both in business and life, Chloe Mendel, okay. own a tea house out in Highland Park, Illinois, uh, Madame Zuzu's. They closed a few years ago and they just reopened. And so um, I got to interview Chloe in person. That interview is coming out soon. Nice. And then uh, Billy agreed as well, but, like, on the basis that, you know, I email him the questions and he sends them back to me answered and they couldn't be about music. And I'm like, all right, well, there goes, like, 90% of my questions. It be about music? Why? I mean, they need to be about, like, the tea house specifically. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, which I Ugh. get it yeah it's like all right maybe he'll like my questions and then like next time there's a pumpkins album i can actually talk to him but
1: yeah that's one thing that thankfully just based on on uh the popularity of jude show when they say well can you send me the questions beforehand i said no no i can't um that's not that's not gonna work um I mean, but yes, I've had requests like that in the past, where they where there are restrictions and things like that. I mean, if someone says something's really off limits, obviously we're not going to upset them.
0: But uh, by and large, people who want the questions beforehand, oh, yeah. <laughs> even like when I interviewed Jude a couple years ago, uh, like whenever you know Hummingbird was coming out, you know I was talking to him beforehand. I was like, "Do you want some kind of uh, like indication of what the questions are?" And he like I could hear him over the phone like looking at it like i had two heads like no I, dude like I, no I, absolutely I, not I, yeah what, what fun is why that? would you do that <laughs> <laughs> no i mean that that makes
1: for a very weird experience where suddenly they just sort of launch into some sort of pre or some sort of script
0: they've thought about and that's just that sucks yeah just a, 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 like giving uh, stock answers to stock questions yeah, that's not a real conversation.
1: And again, no. get back to the original point of – I mean, that's why the Howard Stern show works so well is because it's just natural and there's just a conversation and there's a revelation. He's moving the story forward, which is what we try to do. Something new has to come up. It's not just the same shit that you heard on another, on another show or an interview. That's, that's the know, goal.
0: On the inside at SiriusXM, have you seen a spike in popularity for that type of radio now that we're kind of in quarantine and, you know, human interaction is way more limited than it was? Uh, By that you mean just more? People tune into that kind of radio almost like as a replacement for hanging out with their friends since they can't.
1: Sure. I mean, I don't know if I've seen a spike, I'd have to look at the data. Uh, But of course, we're moving uh, into the podcast world as well, in in ways that I'm not that familiar with, but that's going to become a a big part of our world. I mean, we're investing heavily into that world, to be honest. So, yeah, I mean, you know, again, if I've seen a spike, uh... I guess. I mean, the people I hang out with are all sort of radio people anyway. So we're all involved with that. So, you know, we just listen to podcasts and, and news things. And uh, I mean, that, that that piques our interest. Sort of general just, you know, stock radio is not something that
0: uh, appeals to many of the people I know. Huh? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you've been reading the newspapers. I sure as hell have not. But we have uh, we have something of an election coming up soon in a few yeah, weeks. Yeah, I've heard whispers of that, right? Yeah, like, you know, something about a big orange guy and a little frail guy. I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, frail guy, he is a, a magnificent man who deserves your vote and support. I meant physically, like Joe. <laughs> okay, come on. I meant just in the sense that he's 80. <laughs> but um, Hey, everyone gets old. Stay tuned. True that, true that. Like, I'm going to regret saying that in 50 years. But um what do you think what do you hope the election results are and what do you think they will be in all reality? Oh boy two-part question. Uh well let's handle the second part first. I've always
1: viewed myself, and this is not some sort of egotistical thing, I just I always thought because I sort of understood who to trust and listen to sort of analysis. And I figured, okay, I sort of understand how this is going to work. And, you know, my friends would call me and they would say, John, is Trump going to win? I'm like, no, don't worry about it. And boy, was I wrong. Um, so that really shook me up a little bit. Um, again, not because I'm some sort of political scientist, but boy, I really missed that one, huh? And uh, so my ability to predict the future was... Uh, uh, that was destabilizing, uh, that, hmm. that experience. So I cannot predict the future. But the smart people that I listen to and uh, pay attention to tell me that it seems likely that Biden is going to win. Uh, I mean, you know, is there a chance that he will not? Yeah. Um, do I, uh, I mean, on a personal level, I mean, I I, I need this insanity to stop. Uh, right. I mean, I, I, mean I, I do enjoy the news. I do enjoy a stable society, which is not to say that Biden's going to just wave his, his hand across the nation and then solve all the problems. I don't expect that. But boy, we got to dial it back a little bit, man. Uh, I mean, I just, I cannot handle uh, just the insanity. People call it rhetoric. It's just insanity. Uh, I
0: mean, there, there just there has to be an end to this. And no, there is a firm <laughs> difference between rhetoric and chaos. Yeah,
1: and this is definitely chaotic. Uh, and you know, b- people will then apologize for Trump by saying, "Oh, he was just joking."
0: I don't think he's capable of a joke. No. And, <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> did you see his SNL? He he doesn't do jokes well. No, it, it's not. It's not humor.
1: It, it's it's uh, it. I'm not, and then if you listen to him speak for any extended period of time, uh it's just bananas the way his brain works. And it just the thoughts are all over the place and the statements are are uh disjointed and it, it's just it's scary. Um okay. So I, I think it's pretty clear that I would prefer to move on from this episode in our
0: history. I think it would be better for everybody. I've, uh, you know, I've likened the year of 2020 to be like, you know, season seven of a TV series where they've, you know, the the main plot has kind of run its course. And now they're introducing like new characters and crazy plot lines because people are still watching for some reason. And it wouldn't be, you know, fiscally uh, responsible to end this show now oh uh well
1: i mean i i, I could
0: uh, i could take this uh
1: tv show ending any any day now believe me but Definitely. but yes uh there are many surprises around every corner it seems so you
0: know it's it, it's like when um god the fuck was it steve bannon got indicted it's like oh it's the guy from season one making a cameo in, in the <laughs> final season
1: yeah, but, but but here's the thing that kills me
0: about all that is that
1: it's not that these people are bulletproof because they're not, but no. it just, it's as though, I mean, these things would be earth shattering several years ago, more than several years ago, let's say 10 years ago. I mean, this would just be scandalous beyond belief, but then of course he's indicted and people say, yeah, okay. And then there's yeah. some other calamity the following day and then people just kind of forget. And I'm, Again, assuming that uh, that case is grinding on, and something will happen, and he'll have to pay for uh, his uh, crimes and misdemeanors, and uh, ideally, right? Yeah. I, I, I there there should be some accountability in the world. Uh, One I, would imagine, right? <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I I certainly am. I'm, I'm held accountable every day. Why aren't these people? What the hell, man? I mean, there's there's a whole Instagram dedicated to your chin. I, I feel like you get more accountability than most. Oh, it's just all
1: so silly. I I mean, people you know think it hurts my feelings. It doesn't. I mean, if it's funny, it's funny, and I and I laugh at it. Um, and that's just a fact. I mean, there are people who are really vicious. I'm like, whoa,
0: he's not going to lie. I contributed to that page once. <laughs> that's fine. No, it I was. Hope, um, I hope it was funny. No, there there was a there was a technical mishap. I, I forget what happened, but like somebody's mic went out and then there was like dead air for a couple of minutes. It was pretty early on oh, in your tenor.
1: Man, those oh please no. When that stuff happens, a piece of me dies. Oh yeah. And then and then, you know, June and I talked about it afterwards and I'm always apologetic because it bothers me way more than it bothers him. But if you've worked in,
0: in this uh business as long as I have that shit just drives me crazy, no, Like you go in, you care about your job and it's not a big deal to some <laughs> people. It's funny to other people. <laughs> but at the same time, nuts. it's like, God damn it. I at least hope I do better tomorrow.
1: I know. Well, and, and, and that, like, this was a valuable lesson I learned uh, up North in Humboldt. And it wasn't so much the technical stuff because I mean, you can, you understand what went wrong and you can fix that. And okay, don't press that button next time. But when it comes to recovering from mistakes and and, and this this is something that I think is valuable, um, and it, it had to do with – because when you're interviewing people for, let's say, half an hour, 45 minutes or something, and you sort of have it, like an outline of where you want to go, and then it's so hard to control people, I, right. I, I, and I accept that. So you want them to do something, and they didn't do it, and then it would just seem like a missed opportunity, and you just sit there after it's over. You're like, God damn it. And I I discovered that since I was doing it every single day, as I am now, if you want to feel bad for 10 minutes, that's fine. But at some point, just identify what you could have done better and just do it next time and move
0: on. Because you you can't can't change the past. You
1: can't. You're going to eat yourself up. You're going to have trouble sleeping. You're going to develop an ulcer. Just try to learn from it and move on.
0: Well, John, I want to thank you so, so much for taking the time out to be on here. Something you absolutely didn't have to do. Um... Well, got, thanks, for, got, thanks for taking the time to speak to me. I appreciate well, Absolutely. It. You got, you got a fan in me. You have for years. Thanks, Dan. I, I mean, you're, you're not nearly the asshole you sound like when I call up on the show. <laughs> and by the way, I'm getting better at that. See, I've learned from my mistakes. See, your bedside manner is improving. It is. I, I, I believe it. I'm very conscious of it now. <laughs> is there anything you want to plug before we go?
1: Uh, listen to the all out show. That's what we like. If if anyone ever calls with uh, some sort of survey, you listen to The All Out Show. You love it. You love Jude Angelini. There you go. Absolutely.
0: And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Special thanks to John Matthews for taking the time to come on. Thanks to Rude Jude for the specialized intro. And thank you for listening. If you're not sick of me just yet, you can like, you can subscribe, you can follow me on everything at Sewell Media, add me to your top 8 on MySpace, subscribe to my OnlyFans, and pay for a skywriting to promote this fucking thing. Any way to get the word out. Until next time, may the road rise up to meet you motherfuckers. Good night.